Everyone's got opinions when it comes to leadership. And let's be honest, how many experts do we all know? But where can we find real leadership advice that's not BS? Well, look no further. Welcome to No BS Leadership, where on each episode, we attempt to expose the gap between what leaders think they should be doing and what actually works without the BS. Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want. Recording in progress. That means we're going to have another podcast here. No more leadership BS. We're all here together to get our information out to you through our experience, people we've learned from, and hopefully actual knowledge and information. I'm Dr. Sam with 360 Clarity. I've got some of the smartest and brightest here today because they run the show. Let's so with that idea. Myra, good to see you. Would you please introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Myra Hall, and I am the Midlife Mentor. Always glad to to guide this group along. I'm telling you, it's a trip every time we get together. Something. (laughs) (laughs) We're like wrangling cats, but yeah. (laughs) Hurting cats would be a really good thing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's fun. And it's and I'm so awesome. So happy to do this with you guys and to share our great amount of wisdom with our audience. So good. And to that point, we have a plethora of Jeffs. Jeff what? Conroy. How you doing today, sir? I am finer than frog hair. How's everybody doing today? <laughs> that reminds me of your head, Jeff. Well. <laughs> wow. wow. We bringing the heat today. I'm, so let's see. I'm already, I'm feeling like, light. Like some people, I'm Jeff. half the man I used to be. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Geyer, please say hello to the people. Introduce yourself if you would. Dr. Sam and everybody, it's good to be with you. I'm Jeff Geyer with Phoenix Coaching. I had a fantastic week last week and really looking forward to laying down a couple of podcasts here that can really enrich people's lives. And like my and Jeff and Jeff, how many Jeffs we got? Four, five, six, six seven Jeff, dozen, some Larry, Daryl, and Daryl. There we go. My other brother, Daryl, my other brother, Jeff. We we have a great time doing this. And for me, it took me a while to understand that you, you can be very successful and very effective and still have fun. And yeah, I, I feel blessed to be here. It's really cool. Thanks, Sam. My pleasure. And why did I wait till the end to have another Jeff come on? Because when we say Geoff, it's Jeff, it's Geoff, it's the professional play. Mr. McLaughlin, please introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. Jeff McLaughlin with Professionals at Play. Just got back into town last night from a fun trip to LA and had a great time working with some new clients and had fun. So I'm super excited to be here with you guys because honestly, I miss our witty repartee. I had fun, but this is just as good, if not better. <laughs> no, My guts hurt. Well, let's jump into things. it. Your gears hoping your guts survive this next couple episodes. Oh, yeah. Speaking of guts, this has nothing to do with that. We're going to talk about leaders, their competence, and their confidence. And dear listeners, I want you to start to envision the folks you've worked with that held a leadership position. Not necessarily somebody who'd say, by gum, that's a leader, but somebody who had the title. Now hold that in one hand. In your other hand, in your imaginary brain, I want you to think about the phrase, often wrong, never in doubt. Now, can you match those two up? Can you imagine people who held leadership roles and that phrase where they have a lot to say, but oftentimes aren't very close to the target? So what that is, in part, it's called the Dunning-Kruger effect. 
So there was a couple of guys doing research. One was faculty, one was a grad student. And they started to understand more and more that people without a lot of knowledge had very high self-esteem on a particular topic. Like they thought they knew everything about everything and they were the champions at it until you learn more. And then you realize you don't know much of anything. So you drop down this imaginary scale as far as how much you know, how competent you feel. Then as you start to learn more and more, you start to gradually climb up that competence feeling, but never get to that pinnacle again because you know there's always another question. And I understand it's a bit of a stair step in terms of the process of learn more, understand less, learn more, understand less. Because as lifelong learners, we have questions. And we wonder what's next, what else is out there? What else do I understand that I just now learned? Turn the page, what else is out there? But the focus and part of the conversation will be about the people who never have that drop in that graph because they always think they know everything, but it's not there. And why it's called Dunning-Kruger, I mentioned that the research a little bit was the faculty researcher I listened to an interview with said it was a little bit cocky and maybe he himself had the Dunning-Kruger effect by identifying the Dunning-Kruger effect just by saying, I know all this stuff. I'm going to name it. Maybe I don't know all this stuff, but there it is with a name and a paper and the whole thing. So I've had experiences with folks who have big voices, big personalities, frankly, big opinions, and not a lot to back it up. So one story I'll tell, it's not even my story, but it's the same flavor. There's people in education, which, dear listeners, if you're not aware, sometimes they think they know more than they do, sometimes even outside their own area of expertise. Sometimes those people have a whole mess of letters behind their names. They think they know all kinds of stuff about all kinds of stuff. They've never even turned a page on. But one leader would say, research says, and he'd fill in the blank of whatever he wanted to say. And this, his people would say, okay, research says it. So let's just go ahead and see how this turns out. Until one time, just one, somebody said, where's the research? I want to read it. Not that I don't believe you, boss. I just like to read it for myself. And that, dear friend, was the last time that leader used that phrase in that context. Mm. It was just <laughs> BS stuff you wanted to say, want people to think, but thought you knew. That encourages stuff. So I want to do is hand this over to my esteemed colleagues and think, <laughs> sorry, Geoff, kind of got you like, giggly there. Yeah, I turn it over to you, Geoff. Do you happen to have a tale or a story in mind about that kind of situation you've experienced, either third party or maybe even it was you once in a while? It was me, for sure. But I was intentionally... Like intentionally messing with people to see how far I could push the boundaries of facts. And I was working with leaders in middle school. They were eighth grade leaders. And they asked me why I told them I just got in. I was, it was really cold where I'm from. It's beautiful here. I've been hunting. And they all went, wait, you've been hunting? What are you hunting? And I said, I was hunting deer. And they went, you can eat deer. And one kid said, why don't you just be like the rest of us normal people and get the meat that's grown in packages at the grocery store? <laughs> and so, of course, then I took it upon myself to convince an entire group of eighth grade leaders. I think there were 40 of them that bacon was a vegetable. And I cited an NPR research article. I said, I heard it on the news this morning. A scientist over in Sweden on NPR actually grew bacon on trees. Now bacon is considered a vegetable. <laughs> and they all believed me. Excellent. That's awesome. If you say research shows, research says, this is how it goes. But that's an example, but that's a kind of an asinine example of somebody pushing the boundaries intentionally. I did just read an article. It was a Reddit article where they took people online who had either 
met or been involved with people who had actually written the articles or produced movies and were telling them that they got things wrong. So specifically the, like the Matrix trilogy, he was sitting there listening to these two people debate about what happens to Neo and all these different things. And he goes, I can actually answer that question for you. And they responded with, we don't need your old white man voice mansplaining things to us. So you could just butt out. And he was the actual author of the trilogy. Oh my God. At all the answers. <laughs> and there were about 40 different examples, which I thought was pretty spectacular. And I had That's a good awesome. belly laugh on all of them. Yes. So those right. are... You know, there's a lot of those online. And to that point, uh, you mentioned mansplaining and that's, there's plenty of cases where that happens. And it's an honest, some guy who thinks he knows something because he saw something once starts to explain away all the details and all the research to the woman who wrote the paper for the book or whatever. And there's a couple of tales about, she'll ask, well, how do you have this information? Oh, I've done a lot of my own research. She says, it's funny because you're citing my book and then still yeah. continue to explain why they're right. And they are not. <laughs> but it's so deep in, like, yep, I know it. I got this. Done in Krugerness. Yep. So let's turn it over to another Jeff. Do one of you gentlemen have a, a tale of the Dun and Kruger in your experience? We've all worked with people who we said, I don't want to be like. I've mentioned on this show a leader that I had once when he wanted us, he wanted, he rang a bell. This is the same guy that would stand up during staff meetings and pontificate his experiences and how he's done things in the past. And all of us are sitting and like, yeah, but you didn't do it at the time I was in Portland, Oregon. Anyway, you, you didn't do it in the inner city. You didn't, you have no idea what you're talking about. Why don't you come out and join us for a little bit? But these are the people that, that jack of all trades, master of none. And they seem to have the answer to everything, even though they've never had to figure it out on their own. Um, I'm going to be straight up. There, there are people that are coaches in the world who have never led people. So they're going out there and they're telling leaders how to be when and how to work with their what work with their team and how to run their business when they have neither worked with a team nor ran their own business. So those are the people I, I have I, I I am familiar with. I try not to associate with them, but I have worked with people to I call it blowing sunshine up her skirts, where they seem to think they know it all, but they really don't and they don't try to connect with the people that are on the on the ground floor. That's and for those of you keeping track at home, sometimes sunlight can be considered both a wave and a particle. So the blowing of sunlight may exist. May like exist. The other way, but same as possibility. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, not to get too far off track, but you bring up an interesting point, a little bit about coaching and a little bit about who's a consultant and who's a mentor and the roles of the coaches actually play. That's where I think the Dun & Kruger effect comes in strongly because mm. a high quality coach knows they don't know. Yep, They just know that the person they're coaching needs that nudge. They need to ask a different question or be forced into answering the question they themselves have been asking for years and just never really been pushed into making the actual answer. So once we start to think we know better than somebody else, that's a disaster way to happen. And well, it's not pleasant. And a new and a really good coach and a really good leader knows their limits. I know what I'm good. I know what I'm good at. And I know what I'm really not good at. And I, I, when people ask me, I'll say, yeah. I'm, so I surround myself with people who are good at my deficiencies. Absolutely. Very good. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'll open up to Myra and Geyer. Do either of you have something? And if you don't, We'll move on to the next bit of our conversation here. No, don't force anything. I don't know that I have a specific example, except, of course, myself. I could look back at 
my own life and think this early enthusiasm and I can take the world and nothing's going to get in my way. And surely it's not that hard when we bought a hundred acres and put into a 20 acre market garden. But surely this is, and the only thing, by the way, we had to work that 20 acres was a Troy built tiller, the pony model. Oh my God. And we did it. We did it. Your ignorance is bliss played a huge part into that because it didn't dampen my enthusiasm until after I got started. And my ignorance list the next year was based completely on something else, but we had the correct equipment. I, I just keep going back to that ignorance is bliss and how happy we are when we don't know and how wrong we are and how we have to pay the consequences. Yeah. And the other thing that comes to mind is, especially in this day and age, is opinions. Opinions are rampant. They are not always based on fact. They're usually not based on fact. Opinions take the lowest amount of thought. But Facebook said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's on the interwebs, it's true. Yeah. I had my law degree from Facebook. I have my Facebook law degree. Oh, my favorite is I read it in the paper. In the oh, paper. Really? Which paper? Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Okay. The Onion. I read it in the Onion. <laughs> okay. Mad Magazine. Yeah. But really, the, the Dunning-Kruger effect is just kicked into overdrive in our entertainment industry, if you will. And I'm talking about the news and podcasts. There's, you can get your ears full of opinions really quick. And if you don't discern that this is an opinion and not based on fact, ask for facts. Ask, where did you get that? I just know. Then it's probably they don't know. They've heard another opinion someplace and they're putting opinions together like somebody bakes a cake. So that that is... I guess that's one of my soapboxes because don't try to fill me blow. What is that blow? And that my dirt is. Yeah. Take that for Just go and put them all together. Yeah. Yeah. Don't it put a booger have... in my punch bowl. Yeah. So yeah. Not my skirt. <laughs> and tell me it's right. Dang it. And maybe it is because that I have I lived through that. And the older I get, the less I know. And it's just become really apparent in the last 10 years as I've gained some tremendous knowledge about what I don't know. <laughs> anyway, that I didn't know it was called the Dunning-Kruger effect, but I'm here to testify it's a real thing. And it is, and there's research. And if we're doing it wrong, we're not wrong. That's a Dunning-Kruger effect. And actually, yeah. see how that goes? <laughs> so we're experts. <laughs> we know stuff, damn it. Right. <laughs> None of us, and you can be an expert and still be wrong. Oh, yeah, for sure. You can be an expert. And just because somebody's an expert doesn't mean you don't question. Always question. If you have a question, ask it. Yeah. Ask it. Because if they get offended because you have a question, then consider it's an opinion. Yep. Just consider it's an opinion and take it with however many grains of salt you need to. That's right. And to that point, Geyer, do you have something you want to add to this piece of the puzzle? If not, then move on. It's all good. Well, what I, would, <laughs> what I was thinking about, Sam, is in my career, I worked with lots of owners, always in privately held companies. So as the senior executive in the organizations, I'm always working for the board of directors and the board of directors is always made up by, by the owners. And it wasn't necessarily, and not all of them, of course, but it wasn't necessarily that the owners thought they knew everything. 
it, so that Dunning Kruger thing you're talking about, it was more that the stuff they knew just wasn't accurate. Yeah. Ooh. And it was things like I'm the owner, which means I get to do whatever I want because I'm the owner. Yeah. And that's not what an owner, yes, that, or you think that or believe it, but it just isn't true. And so mm-hmm. they didn't puff their chest out. And I'm painting with a pretty broad brush here on all the owners I've worked for over the years, but it, was, it wasn't so much that they puffed their chest out and say, I know everything. It's just the stuff that they espoused wasn't accurate. And that's one example. I'm the owner, therefore I get to do what I want. And if the majority of the, this was in the healthcare space, so majority of the revenue generating capability is with those owners putting patients with doctors. That's where the money came from. And if the doctor says, well, I'm the owner and therefore I don't feel like working next week or next month or for the next four months, well, that's fine, doc. But how are we going to pay the bills? How are we going to make your salary? Mm-hmm. Those kind of things. And it's maybe not that you think you everything. It's just the stuff isn't accurate, which, which I guess is the same point. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely in the same ballpark for sure. And the example comes to my mind. It's a stupid, unimportant first world example, but man, it's a good one. <laughs> and it was how dumb I was. For so long, because I believed a friend of mine who said that Steve Miller was Glenn Miller's son. Seems reasonable. Older older guy, both musicians. Kid goes off and it's a little bit more rock and rolling compared to the dad's big band. Okay, sure. And so I believed it until one day I said it out loud in front of a colleague who knew more than I did. And he was just flattened. (laughs) Steve Miller is Glenn Miller's kid. No, he's not. (laughs) What? (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, the words I use, the words I use in almost all cases, you mean I've been walking around with bad data in my head this long? <laughs> I don't know how long, but yeah. Wasting space. <laughs> exactly. Come on. But uh, the difference being, I knew to say, he probably knows, and I'm probably wrong, versus somebody else who will go toe-to-toe and say, Steve Miller is Glenn Miller's kid, and I will take that to the grave. Okay, A, that's stupid, and B... Open up your mind to the possibility that maybe you don't have it figured out. And I think that goes to your fourth guy, that the folks had information they thought was right. And maybe a challenge, maybe not. Maybe they changed minds, but it's okay to say, oh, I thought I had good information. I didn't. Time to adjust and move on with better data. And there's the continuation of that or some sinister force behind that, that even though I know what I'm saying or what I think is wrong, if I say it enough, long enough and think it enough, long enough, it'll somehow magically become true. And that's all bullshit. The problem is the truth. Yeah. You tell a lie long enough and it's just a long lie. Now it's not the truth. It doesn't make it true. And when a person tells a lie repeatedly for long enough, they believe it themselves to the point where my understanding is they could pass a lie detector test. I mean, a polygraph. Thank you. So they believe their own garbage so much that even the machines wouldn't pick up that they're telling a lie about it. Crazy tale. That's the power of imagination. Your brain doesn't dictate, doesn't know the difference between reality and imagination. So if you can imagine something hard enough, that's that, that, that effect is if you say it enough, enough times in your head and you truly believe it in your mind, your body thinks it's true, even if it's completely Uh, false and truly believe it. See, there's the hook, right? Because I believe, or I said to myself for so long, you look just like Daniel Craig and it never came to pass. I just didn't believe it hard enough. That's where I have to turn the puzzle. Well, you're also a hopeless lot of it himself. That may be true. And Daniel Craig, if you're listening, no offense, sir. Please you're an amazing actor. Incredible. That's right. <laughs> so let's take this conversation and go slightly different direction. How could you know yourself if you are your own victim of Dunning-Kruger effect? If you think, and yet you really don't, how do you 
how's that come to pass? How do you learn that information? And that's open forum. Whoever wants to jump in, leap. I'm going to jump in because I think it's easy. It's when you, it's the big oops. It's a big, I always thought it was this way, but when I did it, it didn't work out. Didn't work out the way I thought it was going to work out. It should have done this. It didn't do that. So you self-examine, where did I go wrong? Where did I go wrong? And a lot of people have problems with that. I find it, especially in marriages, and problems with the oops. And why I love the Googles I on my phone. <laughs> because I'm, anymore, I says, let's just ask Google. That's settled. Right. And sometimes, <laughs> honestly, sometimes I'm wrong. Sometimes what? he's wrong. Yeah. Now, don't I got 397, like 3% of the time you're wrong, 97% of the time you're right, correct? Exactly. That's what's kind of what I thought. Yeah. It's easy. To me, it's easy when you're the Dunning Kruger. You've been blessed with the Dunning Kruger wand because, because it's a oops. It's a sudden realization that something you believed all the way along isn't true. So now you got to adjust. You got to pivot. It's that funny turn you get in your life. And as an employee, I think that goes for your bosses because you believed in them and then all of a sudden they're not all you believed they were whether you made it up in your head or they projected that and then so now you've got to oops you've got I've got to look at this person differently I've got to follow them for a different reason than I originally thought so I think <laughs> it goes both ways doesn't it oh for sure and I did a presentation last week where I used Ted Lasso as an example. And the story I told the group was, I'm a Seattle Seahawks fan. I have one jersey. It's the fan jersey because players come and go. Yo, and Russell Wilson would have loved to see him longer, but he's not on the team. And I don't have a jersey to figure out how to put on eBay and sell for $4. So it's about the idea. If you watch Ray or Ollie or any of the biographic movies, whether they're tied to reality or not, that human piece pops up. Like crap, you have to deal with them being not a good person, i.e. Gandhi, horrible human being until he changes mind and stop beating his family. Like, oh, that's a nice thing to not do is beat up your own gene pool. So there's always opportunity to learn and adjust and tweak, but you have to be willing to do that. So I want to hear from, hey, Jeff, what do you think about the, when you're in the mix and realize that you're there? How do you know? Well, I, so I was just down at the University of California, Northridge and doing a training with one of the faculty groups there. And one of the big things that we were talking about, we were talking about justice and equity and diversity and inclusion. And we had so many aha moments when we were talking about introspection and being very honest with yourself about what don't I know? What part of the picture am I not getting? And if I think I know everything, is there the chance that maybe I'm missing out on a detail or something or even a lot of details because I have my perspective. I have my stripe on the beach ball. And if I look outside and go, wait a minute, I'm sorry, but everything is red. It's all red. Nothing else is, there's nothing else there. But if somebody else is on the other side of the beach ball and they go, wait, no, no, everything's yellow. Everything's yellow. Somebody goes, no, it's all white. But then you get the person who holds the beach ball and spins it around and goes, it's all the colors. It's everything. And they go, oh, does that change your perspective? You can't change someone else's perspective. You can only change your own. If you are willing to have those aha moments, those big moments where you're very honest with yourself and you say, I am absolutely capable of totally screwing up big time. I am open to that outcome. And right. going, 
if I do screw up, how do I own it and say, I messed up? I was wrong. Isn't that humility? It's kind of humility. Yeah. A little bit of I humility. Mean, that's I'm hearing. If you can admit that that you don't know it all, my, my contrary to my wife's opinion, I don't know it all, but I'll surround myself with people who do. I just think that's the first step to humility and understanding that you are a better person by listening to others. Yeah, absolutely. Even talk? if they don't know it all. Even, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they, this Sam could go lots of different ways, and I, I've agreed with everything you, you all say, and it. What I'm thinking about now is, because this is no more BS here in the leadership department. If you are a leader or want to be a leader, then you got to get rid of the BS. And and one of the big BS things you need to get rid of is the mistaken belief that everything you need to know to be successful. And yeah. that's BS, man. Exactly. We're uh, not- Sam, you, I think it was you, Sam, earlier that said, you know, we got to be lifelong learners, and, and, which is true. And it, that sounds a little cliche-ish, but... It also has the foundational assumption. If we say, yes, I'm going to be a lifelong learner, then the foundational, one of the foundational assumptions is that I don't know everything and I never will. Therefore, I have to continue to learn forever. And so, yeah, I think to get to what you guys have been talking about there about how do we get over this hump or how do you not fall victim to this Dunning-Kruger effect is we'll first understand that I have stuff to learn and that's because I don't know everything. And boy, you get to the place where you're all hat and no cattle. You need to get rid of the hat, baby, and go get some cattle. Grab, grab a shovel and get in the barn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. start learning, baby. That's all. Start there. shoveling. That's, the, that's where you learn the most when you're in the stuff. Yeah, and for all of our leaders listening, the easiest way to get off this issue of knowing less than you think you do is to ask yourself the question, just like everybody said so far. What is it about the situation that I know to be true? How do I know it? And can I challenge anything about this that is maybe not quite clear to me? And dear friends, it's not about you. You have a position and you have people you're responsible to and for. So if you're worried about looking wrong or being wrong or looking bad and not having the information, I guess I'll offer one recommendation to suck it up because you're going to make a mistake. If you're being a good leader, you're going to trip. It's going to happen. So accept the fact that maybe you don't know any more information and maybe the people who are quote unquote under you, i.e. report to you, they may have it. Ask. It's just fine because what you're going to do is build relationships and trust and they'll see you as a whole human being, not just a figurehead that barks out answers once in a while. And it's a a wonderful place for an advertisement. Wonderful place for an advertisement is if you can't see it, get in front of somebody that can help you see it. And it's not always, we wear blinders. We wear blinders because our, like Jeff was saying earlier, your brain doesn't know the difference between a lie and a truth. And if it's something you believe and you have a hard time seeing, get yourself a coach. Obviously, one of us would be happy to help you. But if not one of someone that, that you trust, that is removed from the situation, that doesn't have an opinion in what you're talking about, and they can look at it from and help you look at it, more importantly, from a different perspective. You can reach us, and I will turn it over to Dr. Sam. For the advertisement part. Ask us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have an email. We're on social media. Get a hold of any of us. And if you're not sure who said what, 
just say, I think Jeff said, and you have a 60% chance of being right. No more leadership bs.co, co. Ask us at no more leadership bs.co. Email, social media, whatever format fits your need to get a hold of us. We want to hear your questions, hear your stories. And most of all, I want you to keep listening and enjoying and sharing with friends. And with that, we're going to sign off and wish you a peaceful day. Thank you, everybody. Bye. 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 We hope you enjoyed this episode of the No Leadership BS Podcast. If you have any stories, questions, or comments you would like to share with us, please email us at askusatleadershipbs.co. That's askusatleadershipbs.co. Don't forget to give us a five-star review so we can reach more people. Thank you so much, and tune in next time. We'll see you then.